Welcome to the Hawkeye Psychic Podcast. And you're very welcome back to the Hawkeye Psychic Hurland Podcast with your host Mark Kennedy, joined this week by Kieran Collins. Kieran, how are things? Very good, Mark. And yourself? Great, great. Opening weekend of the league. A uh, few results to ponder over. I suppose we'll review 1A more so than 1B. Uh, we'll also look at 2A, some marquee results, particularly down in Tralee. Fitzgibbon Cup quarterfinals last night, so we'll run the rule over um, the semi-finalists next week. The schools, we had uh, provincial finals in Munster, Connacht and Minster. I suppose, Cairn, we'll kick off first with 1A and 1B uh, from, let's say, a 1A perspective, some very competitive games. Suppose we want to start off at Nolan Park, uh, Kilkenny and Wexford. I suppose get your thoughts on it, Kieran. Yeah, I suppose um, I suppose like all the games that took place the weekend, there was a, a stiff breeze, you know. Um, Kilkenny had that breeze in the first half, and I suppose it was a half that it failed to excite really. Um, there was only, you know, I think Kilkenny had three three points in play. I think Wexford the same had three points in play each in the in the first half. Uh, but you, and you know, I suppose at half time. You know, it's not what you expect from the two teams. Usually, a rip and a battle, and, and it really kicked into kick into that way in, in the second half. You know, a really good game. And I suppose look for for Wexford um, to come back. I suppose on two occasions after the two Kilkenny goals, two penalties. I suppose to knock you up to fight and to, to keep fighting at the end. You know, the goal down, head into injury time, and to to get the goal late on to to level it up. I suppose it's a it's a good sign of a young team. I suppose to the the will to battle on and, and I suppose not to pack it up and give in. Um okay they were probably lucky to come away with a draw in the end. I think Billy Drennan probably be kicking himself all week that he missed a you know probably a score but free at, at the death to win it. Um but I thought look that wind if you know you probably wouldn't see it on the camera like there, it was a, a fairly stiff breeze. And to be fair Lee Chin missed one in a similar position early in the first half. So I think the the wind was a huge factor in the game. Uh, and especially for Drennan's late free, but I suppose some cameo for him to come on scoring two three. We 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 all talked a good bit about Billy Drennan last year, and I think maybe what he, he maybe lacks a little bit. Um, I suppose in open play, he reminds me of Evan Nyland. You know, he's deadly accurate on the freeze. Maybe not as influential around the field yet. You know, he's a young guy still to his good best years ahead of him. But um, you know, that's some contribution on a, his first day out in the in the league um, this year. Uh, two or three from play. I think for Wexford, like, you know, there's, a, I suppose over the last couple of years, we've all been, you know, everyone has talked about the potential lack of, of youth coming through and, you know, an aging team. And, you know, I think to be fair to Kier he's given anyone who deserves a trial or a chance has got it. Um, anyone who's, you know, and they've got a fair shot. Everyone's had a couple of games. They've, you know, he's stuck with a, a younger team. I, on Sunday gone. And I think personally, I think it was possibly Kenny were stronger on paper, I think, the way they lined out. Um, you know, as that starting extra team, how many was starting championship, I suppose it's you know, there's a lot of games to come before then. But I think it was a young, inexperienced team for the most part. And, you know, a lot of these younger guys really impressed. I think Connor Foley full back. I think he's started to make the the national headlines a little bit now and he's the name on people's lips the last couple of two last two weeks especially. You know, set our performance full back, getting up for two points. Um, really solid, a young guy. This was came up with Keith Roster underage. Jace or um, James Byrne as well, Vasco Moore. You know, another good performance. 
I probably think he's probably better suited in the half forward line than being um, in a corner forward, especially playing in a two man for forward line. But you know, like just the work rate, um, Corey Byrne Dunbar as well. You know, midfield really, you know, it's had a really good game. And you know, Kevin Foley, he's like I think Lalas would have wrote Kevin Foley off last year, but I think he's come back. He's fitter. He's um, just a real positive guy and. I think that these the last few games he's been he's just been really really impressive and while he might not be scoring I think it's it's his, his assist play in the scores he's involved in a lot that goes on and I think the one stat for me that stood out was that Wexford outscored Kilkenny two twelve to seven points from play so you know um, in Northern Park first weekend of the league under new management I think you know you can't but be happy to get the result there in the day no I think it really kind of sets the tone again Karen doesn't it I mean the momentum from the Walsh Cup has continued into the league. And I mean, that's a pretty marquee result, I think, for Keith Rossiter, the management staff and the players. I mean, as you say, Rossiter and the management have given an awful lot of opportunities to an awful lot of players to stake their claim. And I mean, everyone seems to be roaming in the right direction. And uh, Yeah, I mean, it's, it's um, I suppose it's plain to see. It's, I suppose, the work rate, the work rate they're bringing. And, you know, it's these kind of words that we we're hearing all the time, the work rate and physicality. And, you know, I suppose that the, possessions and tackle counts it's all looked at week on week um but i suppose it's the significant difference from last year of a extra team to this year i suppose you can see is the work rate you know and i suppose you know with a young team you know sometimes it's hard to know what to expect like a kenny it's a lion's end really going to northern park and it's hard to get a result there um but i think there's just so many positive look at there's some tough days ahead that look awfully and Saturday will be no different than going into you know Obviously, Clare, Cork, and Waterford towards the end of the league, so they'll you know they'll bring different challenges. But I think just to to spread the players, um, you know, I think even for Lee Chen who played hadn't scored from play, so you know I think like in years gone by, we actually would have been really reliant on maybe like say, Lee Chen and Roy O'Connor to produce the goods. Um, you know, you're looking at like like Keen Byrne coming in, getting one one, you know, perfectly goal at the end. But every day he has come on, he's contributed like and and getting that. You know, one tree off the bench between himself and Tucker Kinsella, like you know, that wasn't there last year or the year before. Um, and we all know, like it's a, a twenty-three man game, and you know the guys coming on, you're you're expected to produce scores to see out the game. And you know, look, it's a good start to the league. This was as it's tougher games ahead, but uh, you know, you you take a draw on a park any day. Yeah, no, absolutely, Karen. No, I think it's a fabulous setup for for Wexford uh, for the coming season. I suppose from a Kilkenny perspective here, Karen. I think you've mentioned it in terms of uh, Drennan, but anyone else really impressed you on the day for Kilkenny? Yeah, I thought King Kenny was very good, um, you know, in the middle, just uh, breaking balls and puckouts. Um, you know, I think he caused a lot of trouble for a huge part, especially the first half. Uncody was really, really good in the first half. Um, seemed to get a little bit, kind of, a good bit of freedom. Um, I think then Wexford made a change early second half for Shane Reck came on. Um and you know he kind of took to kind of balance each other out really you know Cody was kind of out of the, taking out of the game at that stage. I, I think just for yeah, Drennan impressed me when he came on. I suppose looking at the Kenny team, yeah, I said it was stronger on paper. Like they have a lot of players to come back in, even the Lachlan Gales lads, Paddy Deegan, Hugh Lawler, uh, Mikey Butler. Like you know the difference they're going to make that team. You know I think Kenny have no issue uh, at the back. You know I think. I suppose if anyone is looking for ways of beating Kenny, you're you're kind of looking at the, f- the forwards and, and maybe the inconsistency of some of them. We we've highlighted these things last year, you know, Billy Ryan, you know, Massey Keown. But uh, you know, just 
Kenny or Kenny, I think just they bring that work rate, that attitude every day they play. Um, I think that gets them 50% of the way there, you know, the way they play and the attitude they have. Yeah, no, absolutely. I know Derek Thing was at pains to call out the positives during the game. I think the closing stages, I think Kieran would have been disappointed with just how the manner of Wexford coming back in, but acknowledged started a campaign, things to work on, which is exactly where teams should be in February. I suppose, Karen, we could move on to Cusick Park Ennis. It was a televised game on Tina G, Claire Cork. I know Rory's not with us tonight, but Rory had trepidations about Claire playing pretty much a, a well-loaded Cork side. But to be fair to Claire, the squad that really impressed here in a 125 to 219 win with Shana Mori really coming to the fore in that second half, Karen. Absolutely, yeah. I suppose just looking at the game from start to finish, like, you know, Claire, I think we're probably in control for the best part of that first half. You know, they went 9 3 ahead. Um, I know they had the win behind them, but I, I think the two core goals probably came against run of play. And I, maybe it has highlighted not, you know, I think it's been an issue that has been there in past years is, you know, this, I suppose, defensive frailties, which allow these, you know, these goals to happen. Like, and, you know, I suppose they're well taken goals in the end, but, you know, Claire does seem to be non organised back there, especially Tommy O'Connor's one, you know. Um, but I suppose they look at got Cork back into the game, you know, 14 points, two, seven and a half time. I think Cork would have been happy, you know, considering they're going to be playing with that win. But geez, that the third quarter, the championship quarters are starting to call it now. You know, Claire were really impressive, you know. Um, they scored seven out of the first eight points, you know, in that first quarter, you know, to win to 21 to 2 8 lead, you know, really, really impressive. And, I, you know, I, I think. Cork would have been happy at half time, even though they hadn't been playing well. You know, but I think going in, you know, at the way the position they were going in with the wind, and I think this, I suppose, it's a thing of Cork teams. We've probably looked at the last year or two where they do fall asleep and they have they do go to games for chunks of a game, and it's exactly what happened again Sunday where that third quarter they just weren't in it. You know, okay, they they came at a, a fight back, but I think it was um. Uh, Shane Amore's goal. I had it back to two points, I think, before the goal. Um, they did, yeah. Yeah, and I think, you know, it was an unbelievable pass from, from David Fitzgerald to Shane Amore and a well-taken goal. And I think that was uh, enough to put enough daylight between the two of them. But, yeah, look, I think Claire got to put a few players in that probably maybe be fringe players, like, you know, Shane Meehan, get good game time into him. Um, you know, we are, everyone talks about they're missing Tony Kelly, they're missing Ryan Taylor. Claire aren't far away, you know, they're not far away from, and a lot of people would perceive Claire to be the team that could take down Limerick. Um, they've shown over the last two or three seasons how close they are. Maybe lacking in a bit of squad depth, um, but, you know, looking at the team they had on, on Sunday, they are developing, there's a lot of young players coming too. Uh, I think Mark Rogers this year, I think he's so far really taking a, a huge step up. You know, you've had McCarthy there as well to, to come in, like they've a they have a platter of forwards they can pick from. Um, I suppose the, the main concerns I would have would be at the back for Clare. But, you know, I think if they can tighten up on the defence, um, you know, I, I, again, I can't see them being far away this year. No, I totally agree with you, Karen, because I was really impressed by Dev McNerney in that half-back line. I mean, he was been given his opportunity. I mean, John Condon has been the resident half-back uh, for the last two, three seasons. But I thought the Tullaman really did impress there, uh, particularly in his distribution. But I suppose going back to Cork here, uh, Kieran, like 20 minutes in the second half with only one point. I mean, as I said, we talked about this with Kieran Kingston, the Pat Ryan era now. I mean, for Pat Ryan, this is an equation that has to be solved fairly quickly. I mean, 
like 20 minutes with one point is not going to get it done and particularly in Munster Senior Hurling Championship in April Exactly Mark yeah and I think it's a, it was a trend that you know they had last went through last year as well where they switched off in parts of games and you know they did come with fight backs but um, oh, a little too late and I, I think Pat Ryan has big decisions to make does Patrick Horgan need to be hurling in February don't think he does you don't think he does like you look at TJ Reid or you know, any players of similar vintage, like, you know, there's no, you know, they all know what Patrick Horgan can do. Um, I don't think he needs to play. Like, they have such an array of talent and, and young guys coming up that that I give this opportunity to them to to, to come in and, and put their stamp in the game. Like, I think they're putting in lads like, you know, Connolly Han, Kingston. Okay, they've been good servants to Cork Hurling, but they've never done anything for Cork Hurling. They've never... You know, national title. They've, they've won no national titles in that time. There seems to be a reliance on these players. Like, like should Pat Ryan just cut the cord and and go young and I say, look, this might take a year or two more, but you know, we reckon we're going to get it this way. And I think another maybe another thing for Cork is maybe they have too much of a choice. Like especially in the forward, there's so many players that they can play. Um, you know, Robbie Flynn, Shane Barrett, Alan Connolly. Ben Cunningham, all these young guys, and you know, I think the the main issue still is there. The two main issues is a ball winner inside. They were have heavily relied on Jamie Hardy the last couple of years. You know, Decky Dalton is injured. I don't know the word doesn't seem too good on him. Um, you know, so like who plays that ball winner inside? Uh, and I think the other issue is fullback. They have yet to stick with a fullback, and I think that. That needs to be done. They just need to be able to have their six. They possibly have their, you know, their midfield with Darius Given and and a choice maybe uh, is it Tommy Roach in there as well. You know, I think they maybe have too much choice. And I suppose that as I look at early signs, it's only one game. Um, but like that game against Clare, it was just the, the cork of last year, really. It seemed like a carbon copy of the championship, really, wasn't it? The way that Cork faded out, particularly in that third quarter. I almost think with Cork, you know, when they go to seven, eight points down, the players kind of release. It's almost literally un- not under pressure. And they start playing their game, which is too little too late. Uh, I think I'm not sure what some of these Cork players it might be just the occasion or the magnitude of the jersey that at times it can overawe them, I think, to be fair. So, look, they have a key game coming up this weekend down in Super Value Park at Kiev uh, against Kilkenny. I mean, if they go zero for two here, then, Kieran, I think your discussion Pressure point on. in terms of... Yeah, I mean, uh, where do you focus then on the league? You know, we talked at length last week in terms of the whole league restructuring. Does Pat Ryan then stick or does he give the youth a chance? I think it's going to be an intriguing watch here, uh, Kieran. certainly. But going back to Clare, I mean, the squad that ferociously good I think the likes of Mark Rogers now has to be the key leader here hasn't he I mean you do have Shane O'Donnell you have Tony Kelly but I think Brian Lowen if he's going to learn anything from the league is that he has more leaders in this front line that can really deliver particularly in Munster Senior Hurling Championship Yeah I think it was good for, to, for Claire as well to get to look at player, even players who are in the in there on that panel like David Reedy Robin Mounsey who have not been there a couple of years you know, I think I thought David Reedy was very good again Rob Mounsey is his third year in, you know, he's really, really impressive. You know, I, I think for Clare to build up that, you know, the likes, not to be reliant on the likes of Tony Kelly. Look, he's probably the best Clare hurler ever. And 
you're you're going to be reliant. But I'm wondering, is there a factor that, you know, because Kelly isn't playing, that these players are, you know, instead of giving the ball to Kelly when he's in front of goal, that they'll take it on themselves and, you know, probably maybe play with a little bit more freedom. And I think, you know, Mark Rogers has been really impressive. We talked with him, you know, two years ago. Um, he stint with uh, UL before he got injured and that kind of ended his year. You know, but he, he's been really progressing really well. And I think with Ed McCarthy as well, you know, plenty of free-taking options too, which is something they struggle with over over the years. Like Tony Kelly is a, he's a wonderful player, but maybe not the most natural free-taker and he has missed some crucial ones. So, um, look, they are building a, a good panel of players and I suppose young guys as well. Um, I think Roy highlighted last week that uh, uh, Kevin Smith coming in. It, this is what the league is for, I suppose, really. It's just what to, you know, to give the put these players into positions where, you know, see how they react. And, you know, I suppose what Lohan is looking for is come championship that he knows what players he can rely on and what players he can throw in. You know, I suppose there is question marks over will Tony Kelly be back? You know, the, the, the word is that he might miss the first game against Limerick. Brian Taylor will do very well to get back for the early rounds of the championship. So, you know, he is going to need that extra bit of cover, um, not just to fill the 15 jerseys, but I suppose you have two more guys to come in the bench as well. So um, I think it's, you know, you compare this to Clare's league last year. Okay, we're over only one game in, but Clare last year were, you know, really disregarded the league. You know, they they went to just it was running through the motions, really. But like this year, they're probably, uh, so far, a live contender that, that might be there, they're most at the end of it. And maybe, maybe we do no harm, you know, to... To win the league, but you know, in in the group they're in, you know, I suppose we Rory highlights this. It's really important to get your your wins early, and uh, you know, maybe we'll see a different attitude if they have enough points built up. But they have been impressive, uh, you know, and I suppose a, a good game the weekend coming against Waterford in Walsh Park to see you know how to react outside the Cusack Park. Yeah, no, I'd agree with you, Karen. I think for this player management and playing staff, National Hurling League would be no harm to on the resume and build the confidence up for the championship because we've seen in crunch moments last season, particularly Munster Hurling final, all Ireland semi-final, there has been tactical screw-ups, but also players maybe not performing at the level on a higher level occasion. So I think for Clare, I think the focus should be pretty clear here. If they can get a result down in Walsh Park, I think all bets are off in terms of the league. I suppose we can get to Waterford here, uh, Kieran. I mean, Waterford must have been here in the podcast last week. I was tipping maybe awfully to give maybe Waterford a good going over. But maybe early stages, Offaly went four points up, but my God, Kieran, three quick goals by Waterford really killed this game off at half time. And I mean, it was fairly routine stuff, second half. Yeah, it was. I think, you know, um, Waterford played into the win in the first half and went short and all the puck. I think the surprising thing was that Offaly stood off them, um, you know, and invited them onto them, and they were like stood off them as far back as between the 45 and the, and the 65. You know, Waterford went short every time. And there was one occasion in the first half where wing back took a ball from a short puck out, you know, made a run towards halfway and put it over the bar. You know, and that shouldn't happen. Look, Offaly are coming from a, a lower division. I suppose it's going to be, <clears throat> there's going to be a, a bedding in period. Um, you know, it's a huge rise in intensity. You know, I suppose everything a huge rise in skill, every you know, tackling rates, it's, it's probably going to be a culture shock for a while. I think, you know, Offaly probably were a little bit naive defending, you know, especially for the goals. You know, Stephen Bennett fluffed the pick up for a free. There was no one there to, 
to stop, you know, to stop what happened after it. Um, you know, and then I suppose look to we 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 can you can see it over the years. Uh, keeper Fluster takes a quick sharp hook out, and it's a bad hook out to the to the full back, and you know Ben pounced again. You know, two goals in thirty seconds. It's a a real blow. Um, I think another one is on Cahill went off as well first half. Um, injured. Not sure what the word is in that. But I think, you know, from a Wadf point of view, I thought, you know, the scoreline in the end probably flattered him. Um, you know, take the two goals out of it, which could have been avoided. And, you know, Waterford kicked on late with a couple of late points to, to put a glass in that scoreboard. Like, I think it awfully, you know, ended that game, maybe if it was the 120 to 17, they'd be fairly happy with that um, against, a, I suppose, a top tier team. Um, like, I don't think Waterford didn't look like a team that were setting the world alight either. The, the pitch looked heavy, you know, it, it wasn't the best contest. Um, Waterford were sloppy in, in aspects of their own play. You know, I think one thing that awfully struggled with, with Waterford's play was when they ran direct at them at pace. Um, and I suppose that's what, uh, you know, the first goal came from. But, you know, that last five, ten minutes, uh, Stephen Bennett attacked on a couple of late frees to, to make that score. You know, I suppose if you hadn't seen the game, you would think, you know, Waterford were well in control. But I think it wasn't that way. Like, it's just awfully had a good start. You know, the younger guys, the younger brigade, like Screeny and Ravenhill, didn't feature. Um, it's it's uh, it's probably going to be a long couple of weeks for Offaly. It's uh, I suppose it's where they want to be, and you know, I suppose it's interesting to see like come this weekend or the next two weekends will the younger guys be given a chance. They're probably even looking back at last year, they probably were reliant on the likes of Cattle and you know, so you know, if he is missing this weekend or into the next few weeks, how do they go without him? Yeah, no, Owen Callow was a, a significant prominent score for Offaly in league and also championship uh, last year. So was going to be a loss. And unfortunately, they went down to 14 players late. I mean, it's a wild pull. Look, it's mistimed. I don't think there's any malicious intent here. I think it was just the pace of it uh, from the player concerned. But I think of Offaly, I think for Joe McDonough Cup preparation, they're seeing the elite um, here. And hopefully they will learn from it. But I mean... Next game out will be against Wexford uh, down in Chadwick's Park, so we can preview that in due course. I suppose, Karen, we won't dwell on too much, but 1B, I mean, there was an awful lot of rubbins here, to be perfectly honest. I mean, it's not a good look for the Alliance League here to have scorelines Galway 420 or 31, Westmead 12 points. I mean, Limerick with, you know, an awful lot of fringe squad players again. I think the full forward line probably stole the highlight there. 122 in total, you know, 136 to 19 result over Antrim in FBD Sample Stadium. And then the Saturday game is probably the marquee result here. Uh, Tipperary going to Parnell Park and uh, giving Dublin a 227-22 point loss. I mean, probably focusing on Tipperary-Dublin game here, Karen. More positive signs from a Tipperary perspective. Yeah, I was really impressed with Tipperary. Um, a couple of young guys out from me, I think Owen Connolly midfield. Um, you know, Sean Ryan, I've seen him for the last couple of weeks during a couple of games. He's been really impressive. Um the uh, Groot O'Connor, I and mean, we've seen him with with UL and uh, Fitzgibbon as well. You know, really good player, and you know, I suppose he's going to be important. He's a, a ball winner, you know, a big man, you know, and you know, for anyone that had and myself included, uh, an impression that Tipperary weren't going to be a feature team this year, I I think we might be all wrong. I think they've, you know, they've probably they've emptied the well at this stage. I think they've gone down so so deep that they're you know they 
anyone that has is playing hurling in Tipperary was looked at. You know, I think in any senior intermediate, you know, but they I suppose okay, Dublin didn't provide a, a good opposition as was the weekend, but um, you know, just they they were really impressive in their in their in their play, you know, young players, um, you know, Alexa Grodd O'Connor with twelve points, Jake Morris, look Jake Morris has been around a few years. Probably is a little bit of an enigma. He'll score one four in the league, but when it comes to championship, to, I suppose he's lacked a little bit of consistency over the last few years. Uh, Connor Bogue going back to wing back. So far, it looks a good move. You know, he's uh, I suppose he has the size and strength, and he's he's been getting up the field there, and you know he looks looks impressive there. And and Brian O'Mara, I suppose again, and you know we, we, you know how Brian how good Brian O'Mara is, but I think you add in um, John McGrath, Noel McGrath, um, Jason Ford into that mix. Um, I don't think Tipper are going to be too half bad this year. It'll be interesting to see what way they approach, I suppose, will, will there be learnings from last year? Um, you know, Tipper were very impressive this time last year as well in the league and they kind of petered out as the championship went on. So it'll be interesting to see how they approach the, uh, the league and I suppose, especially towards the end of the league and into the early rounds of the championship. But, you know, I, I think... <laughs> Munster just gets harder to call every year, and like you Does. know, you, you could say we'll write off tip, but I think write off tip with your hurl, like you know, they're I suppose there's a natural hurl in county and um, unbelievable stickmen there. Um, they're going to be a tough battle, and I, I think for me, like it's so hard to write them off. Um, still have a few very good players there from that older generation, you know. that will be pivotal, like Noel McGrath, John McGrath, if he's playing to the farm of the earlier games this year, um, Tip won't be far away. Yeah, no, I agree with you, Karen. I mean, you throw in Ronan Mara full-back. You also have the likes of Barry Heffernan that could potentially be a full-back or a midfielder here as well. So, I mean, there's options coming here left, right and centre. And, I mean, the one thing that impressed me about Tipperary on Saturday was their turnovers, particularly in that middle third. I mean... I don't know what the stat was, but it seemed to be two to one here, Tipperary to Dublin, and you would think that Dublin, being so competitive and physical, would be in that uh, camp. But I suppose, Karen, looking at the Dublin side of things, is there a dilemma here for Michal O'Donoghue in terms of the Donald Burke dependency factor in the attack? I know they tried to switch on O'Donnell here on um, the half forward line. Don't think it necessarily worked, but I think you can see O'Donoghue's mindset here. He's trying to get a few guys here to really compliment Donald Burke, and maybe this is going to be a work in progress this year. Yeah, like it's hard for one team to be so reliant, or to say that a team is so reliant on one player, but like they are, you know, up front they are. Donald Burke is is that Dublin forward line, like, and I think without him, it's a completely different team. You know, I said Owen Donald has been trying to try to move forward. I I think he's just so good in that fullback role. I, I just think he will be back there come championship. You know, he's just really he's a really steady player. You know, look, Tipperary were the better team, they had thirteen different scores, but like Dublin were without Owen O'Donnell, Sutcliffe, Keen Boland, Donald Burke, Chris O'Leary. So I suppose that team is a you know, a young team. But like as you said, they're, they're Dublin are a big physical side and to see them being bullied by Tipperary players at the breakdown in rucks uh, and turnovers, you know, regardless what age you are and how, how, you know, how experienced that Dublin team are, the work rate just be there and it wasn't, you know, and I think, look, they did well, they got it back to four points at one stage in the second half, but I think they put the foot in the throat then after that and, and kicked on, um, you know, but I, yeah, it, I think it could be worrying times for me, I don't know who and 
and early signs in the league or in the league so far. And you know, I suppose that they'll they'll need everyone to be back to full strength to have any chance. I suppose it's been one of the three in, in Leinster this year. You know, I think that first championship game, Dublin Wexford is huge, you know, but I think you know, I, I don't know what the word is on Donald Burke. I know it's it's still the same injury as last year. Um like he even missed the, the club final with Athena, like, you know, so um I suppose it was it was hard to pick out um a good Dublin performance the weekend there. I think maybe Keen Sullivan was probably the marquee player in there, but you know, it, I suppose it's it's worrying times really because uh you know it's not gonna get any easier. No, certainly not, Kieran. Uh but I, I think a great win for Tipperary sets them up very well. I mean, we won't dwell too much on the Galway Westmead game. I suppose the key kind of uh, lines coming out of the Galway camp really are the, the announcement of the captain, um, Connor Whelan and Connor Cooney, obviously, uh, being the vice captain. I mean, 431 to 12 points really tells the tale of the tape um, here uh, for Galway. And a b- bigger test will lie ahead, primarily this weekend coming in FBD Simple Stadium uh, against the Prairie. I suppose the Limerick game against Antrim. I mean, Antrim started well. Uh, Karen, but I mean, once Limerick took control, good luck and thanks. I mean, as I said, Odalig, Shane O'Brien, and also Adam English just ran riot in the full forward line, 122 in total. I mean, showing that the the squad players here are really putting up the hand for more game minutes in the championship. Absolutely, Mark. Yeah, I suppose it's a, for anyone outside of Limerick, it's a scary toss, you know, that there's, uh, but I think if you look at the three players, there are three players that are on players' lips that, you know, that you'd like to see you put you asked us a question last week who we you know most looking forward to seeing and i think 90 percent of people would say um adam english and shane o'brien you know the two names would be there a lot of people have seen adam english as well look he did get into the as well into the limerick panel at the end of last year uh i have question marks over him like uh, games i've seen him where he's kind of in and out of games he goes missing for maybe 10 minutes and comes back into it um i think he needs to get out of his game but you know, Shane O'Brien, from what I've seen, look, he's just really, really impressive. Um, got a bit of bite about him as well, which I like. And, you know, I, I think he's one for the future. But, I, you know, look, you can play what's in front of you. I suppose, look, Antrim did have a good start. But I suppose the Limerick had nine unanswered points before half time. Um, and Antrim had seven miles in the same period. You know, so that's yeah. the telling factor um, that kicked it out uh, going into half time. And then, you know, they score, outscored him uh, 118 to a point. Um, into the late first half into the second half, you know, so um, they really kicked into gear. I, I think it's going to be a tough year for Antrim. You know, I think there's the last few players. Uh, Neil McMahon has gone. I think a couple of players have stood down, gone travelling. Um, you know, it's, it's probably hitting that period where McLeeson is there. Is it his fifth year, sixth year? You know, are they sick of the same old voice? You know, I, I think it's going to be a big year for Antrim. Um, I think it's probably going to be pretty inevitable that they will be in 1B next year. But I think that will suit the likes of Antrim and possibly Westmead to be playing, you know, I suppose teams a grade above you, but also be playing teams of similar, you know, grades. So I think the league structure will be, you know, it will suit them next year. It won't suit the, the grade one teams that end up getting dropped down to 1B. But um, I think the likes of Antrim, Westmead, you know, the the Carlos and and whoever comes up for a league this year, um, early signs you probably say will be Leash and Carlo. That's you know it will suit them teams getting a, a bit of a test, but yes, having competitive games as well. I suppose the big question I have is um, you know you look at the likes of Carlo who are in 
the Division 2A preparing for um, for Championship and, and Westmead, who are in Division 1, preparing for the same match of Championship. And how, you know, the, I suppose the games card are going to be playing, and not going to say easier opposition, but, you know, uh, Leash, Kildare, Mead, compared to what Westmead are going to face. And how will... And it's just interesting to see how the two preparations will line up come Leicester Championship, you know. Does playing the top teams and getting the beaten every week, is that better than playing maybe lesser teams and winning and getting that winning mentality there? So, uh, you know, I think it's, we, we'll see in, in weeks to come, but I think either way, coming to the Championship, it will be a, still a, be a tall task for the two teams. Yeah, I completely agree, Karen, because I think the case study with Leash last year, member in the league, it was a fairly forlorn league and we thought, you know, Joe McDonough, they would turn it on and they did struggle early doors and didn't get out of, you know, even the group stages, which was a bit of a surprise to everyone. I suppose we can go to 2A here, Kieran. I suppose, what are the marquee headlines here? I suppose Carlos win over Kerry down in Austin Stack Park for Lee, 322 to 19 points. Good statement of intent uh, there, Kieran. Absolutely. Jesus, um, I think Kerry have a probably a, a very young team this year, but like they were just out battled the whole game. You know, it was 114 to seven and a half time. Um, you know, Marty Cavan and Chris Nolan on fire. They the scored two fifteen between them. I've been really impressed with Carlo. I've seen him this year um, in the flesh. A couple of weeks ago at the Welsh Cup, and you know they they probably haven't the complete fifteen, but they play to their strengths. So I think that half forward line is their strength. Uh, Marty Cavan and Chris Nolan, James Doyle in midfield. They're very good centre back. You know they don't bother with short hookouts. It's long ball onto their half forward line, and they're good enough to win that ball as well. They're all ball winners in there. And I think they, you know, they're physical. Um, they're they're well to mix it. They're, they're good sick men. And, you know, I think they they, they, they play to their strengths. And you know, I think that's how they've got to where they were last year. Um, but like Marty Kavanagh is as good a hurler you'll see uh, in any county. Um, I suppose like Chris Nolan as well. But look, Kerry, it's hard to know. Are they keeping the powder dry for Joe McDonough this year? You know, um, I'm sure... They've been the bridesmaid so many times now. There's a lot of hurt down there. And I know they are a young team. The, the two boils have stepped away. And, and again, the weekend was without Shane Conway. Now it's hard to see one player making that much of a difference to looking at that scoreline. But, uh, you know, I think for Carlo, um, they have impressed me this year uh, and, and last year and how they won. And uh, they're um, they're going to be a force we reckon with in the Division 2A. Yeah, because, I mean, look, they were dominant throughout Carlo. And I mean, Kerry, you could kind of maybe question, maybe it's a starting lineup. It's probably experimental in some positions, as you say here, Karen, looking ahead into Joe McDonough. But I thought the ending for Carlo was fairly impressive. Two late goals here. Uh, you know, as I said, Marty Kavanaugh was pretty much prominent here as well. So I think it's a fantastic win for Carlo. Um, they were honing in on that fixture uh, there. Uh, congratulations to them. Leash against Down here uh, as well, Karen. I mean, the scoreline, if you looked at it, Two eighteen to seventeen points would indicate it in a comfortable enough win for Leash, but it was far from that given the reports I've heard here, Karen. Yeah, I think it was a couple of late scores to put a glass on that scoreline. I think they struggled all ins. I suppose it's the start. If you were to pick teams to be coming out of Division Two A, Leash would be one of the team teams, probably along with Carlo. So surprised. Look, first game, you know, I, I a lot of teams are still in heavy training loads as well. So you know, you're not sure. You know, you don't know what load was done this week. So. I suppose there'll be bigger games looking at them teams to come in the next couple of weeks. And, you know, I suppose we get a, a better test of where Leach are at. But, you know, on that early game, you would be kind of worried as a Leach fan. And 
I think similar for Kildare because um Absolutely. you know we, we saw Kildare last year they were I suppose the team of of two A uh in that group stage and losing out to Offaly. Um but like newly promoted Mead to come up two twenty okay they're under you know Sirisha Bulfin um obviously doing good things there like to to do it in a I'm sure Hurland's the secondary sport in Mead like football will always be number one. You know, really impressive getting the win there, two twenty to three fourteen, and you know, I hope the shackles aren't coming off. You know, is that a reflection of Kildare and the year they're going to have? You know, they're, they're so impressive in that league last year, and you know, I hope they can kick back from that result because, um, you know, I suppose if you're looking to that game for the weekend, you would have thought Kildare would have had a great chance of winning it. You would have thought so. I think early doors here, Karen, they actually did impress, but. Credit Saoirse Bulfin and the Mead uh, team here. They made adjustments and great fight back. And I mean, it's a great result to kick off their two-way campaign. I suppose, Karen, before we leave uh, the Alliance Hurling League, get a few predictions from you. I suppose 1A, we have Wexford versus Offaly. Cork versus Kilkenny is the televised game on Saturday night. And we have Waterford versus Clare. Uh, I suppose, who are you tipping here uh, for round two results here? Yeah, I think... Both for Wexford now, like they're you know probably unbeaten in the in the competitions this year, Welsh Cup and and the first round of the league. And I suppose the most important thing is to keep that going and keep momentum going. I think you'll see a couple of changes. I know Damien Leck is going to be suspended because uh, they carried last weekend, so you'll see a, a different centre back. Not sure how many more changes you'll see. Um, you know it'll be a big game. It's a you know Saturday night under lights, and they'll you know I, I expect a big crowd in, and they'll you know they, they won't want to. To let them down. I think, you know, awfully looking at them last week, you know, they were struggling in some aspects of the game, but were impressive in others. You know, will Cahill be on Cahill be out? You know, he didn't go off. Um I, I think you'd have to say Wexford and you'd be kind of saying Wexford with a comfortable win. I think, you know, to I suppose just to keep momentum going and you know, I, I do expect a few changes in the team. Um you know, I, I do expect Wexford in that one. Cork and Kenny, I've been I've been pushing this around my head there the last few days, and you know it's a home game for Cork, and it probably is a must win for not a must win for Cork, but like if they do lose zero from two, the pressure of um, trying to get results in the last couple of games, you know, with with teams to come, like they they're going to have to play uh, Waterford, you know, Wexford, you know, I think it's a game, you know, at home and. A Saturday night in Cork, they're going to get a big local crowd, you know. But what better team to to put you down when you've question marks over yourself than Kilkenny, you know, who will have their own um, ill feelings after their, you know, the, okay, all the good results in the draw, but they, they they would feel they should have won that game last Sunday. I'm just going to tip it to Cork because of the home advantage. Um, Cork need a huge result here. Cork need a you know a, a huge performance more so than a result, really. Can't wait to see the, the team sheet to see who plays, who starts. You know, I think it, it'll give an indication of what way they're going to go this year. You know, will will Horgan play? Um, Lahan, Kingston. You know, will they give the younger guys a chance? I think they should, but I'm just going to give it to Cork just based on home advantage. But would not be surprised if Kenny were to come here strong and you know to get a win. Uh, Water for Clare, another game which is hard to call, but. You know, the, the grudge between, you know, Davy and Lohan continues. Um, I think Waterford need to make Walsh Park a fortress. You know, they played last year with no home venue. Can they use that as an excuse? Maybe so. But, they, you know, they have it now. They, you know, they, they, they need to 
to make it a fortress and, and what better than doing that by, by getting a win in your first game there. I think it's going to be a really hard game to call. I think, you know, Clare, if they play the same style or same type of team as they did the last day, you know, they'd be really hard to beat. Actually, I'm going to go, if Clare, if Clare come, go down to Waterford with a similar team to Cork, I, I'm going to tip Clare. Fair enough. Uh, 1B, I suppose we were talking about Antrim and Dublin. They're facing each other in Antrim on Sunday. We've tipped versus Galway in Turles and on Saturday uh, in Mullingar, Westmead entertain Limerick, I suppose. Do you want to get the Westmead versus Limerick game out of the way first? Yeah, I think it'd be another opportunity for John Kiley to, you know, throw the young lads in. Like, no disrespect to Westmead. They were under strength as well against Galway last week. You know, Killian Doyle wasn't playing. Uh, Tommy Doyle. So, you know, I suppose uh, Joe Fortune is you know, I suppose he expects the inevitable and he is putting a few younger guys in to, to try and build his own squad. Um, so, yeah, I'd have to say Limerick there. Tipping Galway, uh, very similar to, to Cork and Kilkenny, it's, it's going to be hard to call. Like, if I hadn't seen Tip last weekend, I probably would be saying Galway, no problem, but Tip were really impressive last week. Um, I suppose how will they deal with the, a physical, you know, Galway? I think pressure's on Galway this year. I think Silver you know, has to come in some form for, for Henry Shefflin. They've had, I suppose, they've built a rivalry over the last couple of years. They've had some big games and I'm probably just going to give it to Galway. Just, I think they're, because they're a couple of more years on the road than Tipperary are, Tipperary, like a young team. But I think it'll be a good battle and it'll be a good game. And uh, the last game, Antrim Dublin, I think it's going to be hard to call. Dublin have struggled to get results. Like they were lucky last year to get out um, uh, of Antrim with the results. You know, Dublin last week they, they did not look good. Uh you know, is this uh, is you know, is Gleason thinking that this is my chance to, to get a result in the league and I think this is probably is going to be his best chance to get a result. I'm gonna say a draw, Antrim Dublin. Yeah, I, I'm going with you, Kieran, on that Antrim Dublin game. I, I just think there's question marks on both sides. That Dublin scoring power there's big massive question marks there. I think it's a great opportunity for Antrim. Tip Galway, I think there's big pressure here for Galway to really deliver in the league. Just the, the vibe I'm getting in Galway here, particularly with Henry Shefflin, particularly Eamon O'Shea and the backroom staff. I, a bit like Clare, I think they need an extended league run here to really kind of enhance their uh, championship credentials. Um, Tipperary at home, like one way or the other, whoever wins this one, Tip and Galway are going straight through to the latter stages of the mm-hmm. league here. So I'm just going to go home vantage here with Tip. I think there's a bit of momentum about him. Uh, this year, uh, just purely on the Dylan Quirk Foundation charity game, the performance against Dublin, the work rate, the hunger was there. I'm just going to edge a tip, and I'm just thinking in terms of revenge after that La La quarter final. There'll be a few personnel there eager to maybe get one over the Maroon and White, and then obviously Limerick and Westmead. I'm just hoping from Westmead perspective that the performance, it's a performance here that they do keep in this you know, really put a, a test here for Limerick. And it did to a certain extent last season when the two teams met. So hopefully it's a good performance for Joe Fortune and the backroom staff and players to build on for the rest of the season, but can't see no more than a Limerick result. Um, yeah, Wexford Offaly, I think I will go Wexford. I'd like to see Offaly maybe blood in one or two young lads like Adams Greeny, Raven Hill, just to give them a sample because ultimately, you know, this is where they need to be. Uh, Cork Kenny, I Maybe a draw on that one. And then Waterford Clare. I'm just going to go Waterford. I think there's pressure on Waterford here. I think there's been an awful lot of talking in that Waterford camp during the off-season. I need, they need to back it up here. 
And I'm just thinking in terms of if the Desi Hutchinson's folks like that will be lining out here, might give them the edge. I suppose, Kieran, I know uh, we're kind of running over here. Just in terms of the schools, uh, there's been marquee provincial finals. I suppose, first off, hats off to Nina CBS. I thought it was an absolute classic Carty Cup final last Saturday in Cusick Park, Ennis. I just thought the resiliency, determination of Nina CBS to keep going uh, when it looked at times our school reach would pull away. I thought it was very admirable and I thought they got their just results right at the end. Yeah, huge congratulations to them. Um, their first ever uh, hearty title. I think they've, they've been in five finals um, and never won one. So, you know, so the pressure was on in that regard. Um, you know, I suppose the third year in a row there's been a maiden winner in, in the competition. So, you know, it was just good for the you know, schools outside of the main, you know, the likes of art school and that. Um, yeah, 63rd minute goal, Andy Hoolan, Hoolan, um, you know, huge excitement at the end there. Like they were really had the pressure on. And I suppose at times you thought art school had a, the damage cleared and they were, I suppose, heartbreak for them really. Like there was support was ready to, to line the pitch, you know, and that sport, uh, it was a really good game, you know, level game at half time. But I think, you know, art school, looking back at the year, they have been, Probably a little, little bit fortunate in games gone by where they, they dug it out and I think they just got away with it, you know, they, they, they got away with it in a couple of days and they just didn't get away with it this, this time. And, uh, you know, hats off to, to, to Joseph, uh, Nina, because, you know, I suppose the story with like nine different clubs represented and, you know, for that part of Tipperary, for Hurling, you know, it'll do all them the world of good. You know, we saw the, the story with, with Tulla a couple of years ago and, you know, parts of his player. I suppose hurlers never came from and, and you know now they are so you know really good competition and you know it's a, it's a really good advertisement for for um suppose for young lads and you know to get to see it on like live on clubber as well for people who, who wouldn't get a chance to see these games like i think it's it's very good that uh you know anyone can pay a couple of euro and, and get to watch it yeah no absolutely kieran i thought um fairness arts called reach i think they really contributed to a great game they created some lovely space inside i thought particularly for fitzgerald and o'brien uh, to score, but I think two Nina guys need to be called out here. I mean, Darren McCarthy, I think for me, is going to be a sensational player, but also Kieran Foley from Bursa Kane, the midfielder. I just, Art School didn't know how to solve that problem because Foley's work rate, but also he's point taking as well. The 51st minute point I thought was a real kind of turning point, even though Art School then went ahead. That was kind of an emphatic response from Foley and Nina, and it really did culminate with never say die attitude at the end, culminating. Fiona Bryan, great save from our school reach, and you thought maybe that was yeah. the end of it, but for uh, Holohan, the mo- uh, money goal, wing back to be up there, um, you know, it was real kind of uh, Jimmy Glass, Carlisle United stuff, really, to get the goal, but I mean, look, fortune favours the brave and fair play to Nina. I think it's a magnificent story for the Hearty Cup again, for the local communities around Nina, North Tipperary. I was fine with Tipperary Intercounty. If the North Tipperary hurling scene is strong, chances are they're underage and senior are flying. And I think this is a kind of emphatic statement of the work that's going on underage within the North Tipperary board here. And I think as well, yeah, Torres, like we, we know, there was an Angus and point for him, you know, difference in the semi final. So it could have been an all tip final very close, very, um, yeah. you know, another time. So, yeah, look, I suppose people think Tipperary hurdles this way, but, you know, there is you coming. They had that minor win only, was it two years ago? Um, you know, you look at the likes of these young lads, um, Darren McCarthy did send out to me as well. It's a, it's a good story for the Hearty Cup, as I said, you know, have the third different winner in, in, um, in, in three years. 
Absolutely, and just so tight, the fine margins. But look, Art Skull Reach still look to bounce back in a quarter final where they're going to be meeting the presentation at Nry. I cursed presentation at Nry. You can blame me all we want here from at Nry because I tipped you for this Connacht final. But in fairness, from San Rafael's their first final win in four years. And look, it was a stormy day in Duggan Park, Baden Slow. But I think this is a game of chances. I think Oscar O'Gorman, particularly from San Rafael's, really did stand out. Had an awful lot of good scoring opportunities converted. Presentation at Nry spurned four goal chances, three in that opening half. And I really, again, Iron Island was the prominent scorer here. I think he scored everything bar three points here for Presentation at Nry. I think San Rafael's were worthy winners on the day here, Karen. And I think it's a good story here for Connacht Turin as well that San Rafael's kind of turned the tide here because some presentation going for four in a row, obviously. Um, so look look to go into a semi-final, but presentation is going to be facing Art Skull Reach in a mouth-watering quarter-final uh, next week here. I think that'll be one to watch here, Kieran. Yeah, I think, you know, we've seen it the last couple of years, like like Kieran's losing Leinster titles and, and going on at the end to win the Crow Cup. You know, Art Skull, uh, they may have lost, I suppose, the, way, the manner they lost as well. There's going to be a kickback to them, so... It'll make it a, it's a mouth warrant a tight or a game all right to come in the next few weeks. Absolutely. I know last week we had hyped up the St. Kieran's Kilkenny CBS Leinster final for good reason. The group game, there's only a point separating them, but Kieran only one team in this yesterday, and it was St. Kieran's, and it was an emphatic 221 to 5 point win over their arch rivals, Kilkenny CBS. Yeah, so it was the first title since 2019. Um, there was no doubt about it from the very start. Uh, I suppose the two goals, some questionable defending maybe by um by CBS, uh, especially the wing back for McAvoy's goal. Um, but you know they were complete control. CBS only scored two points in play. Um, you know, and Kieran's will straight through that semi final, and you know CBS will be a task for any team in the quarters. But you know they're a strong Kieran's team, and uh, McAvoy with one nine in the day, seven from from freeze, like you know, really impressive tally and. They'd hold their black and white for a while around Kilkenny anyway, that's for sure. Yeah, I just felt that Kilkenny CBS from minute one, certain players, and this can happen to players under 19, the occasion, the, the game just gets away from them. And I mean, after 10 minutes, St. Kieran stormed into a 1-5 to no score lead. The R. McAvoy goal, I think everyone's seen it on social media in terms of the 40-metre run two eight three points at half time and then they stretched the lead. I suppose the only negative here for St. Kieran's was Ed McDermott. He had a great game. He went off injured late. So maybe that's a kind of a kind of a worry for St. Kieran's. But as you say, Kilkenny CBS, you know, unfortunately weren't there two points from play. It's not going to win you kind of a provincial or mm-hmm. final. But they'll have a chance to dust themselves down in a few weeks. Um look it's all leading up to nicely into the whole All Ireland series here and we'll be following it on the podcast with interest. I suppose, Karen, before we go here, Fitzgibbon Cup quarterfinals, I suppose, what did stand out for you? I mean, we had results here. Um, Southeast Technical University, Waterford 119 to Southeastern Technology University, Carlow 113. Mary I having a 125 to 117 win over TUS Midwest. University of Limerick posed their first serious question of the uh, Fitzgibbon Cup against UCC for 40 minutes, but they emerged 121 to 16 point winners over UCC. And then finally, uh, we actually had University Galway having a big win over MTU Cork, 424-114. Galway side loaded with Galway inter-county talent, I suppose. What stood up for you here, Kieran? I think the the game I was looking forward to was um, UCC versus UL. I suppose 
UCC probably they were they weren't impressive in the early game. Um, but they got a good result against Manute last week, and you know they they really had you well on the rack for a while. They were they were up by two points, you know, midway in the second half, but. I think UL has finished like a train. I think, you know, Goral O'Connor were central to that. Um, I think they've scored, I, I didn't know offhand, but maybe seven or eight of the last 10 points, in a, you know, in the last, to see it out. And, you know, I suppose we know how strong they are up front, especially. Um, Mary I again coming through. And, you know, uh, you know, I think the parents, you said, was UL are playing uh, Galway, University of Galway. Would be, yeah. And then and, uh, Mary I. Mary Alford, yeah. They're going to be two great semifinals. I think they're down for for Wednesday night and the final on Saturday. So um, just two great games upcoming there. Um, I think Mary I have been really impressive. I think that they probably wouldn't have been a, a college that would have been named maybe at the start of the tournament. But, you know, you just look at the, I suppose, the forward line they have and, you know, it tells you why they are as far as they are. And the same for Waterford, you know, with uh, Ruben Holleran and uh, the two for Sturrod, Podrick and Patrick. Um, they were fairly untouchable last night, and I think uh, they were one of the teams who were touted at the start as well. So I think definitely probably the four best teams are left in it. It's going to be two two great semi-finals. It's going to hedge my bets, and no Limerick bias in this. I think I go for. I think UL will be in the final. I think they're, you know, they have been impressive. They racked up some big scores early on, but that test over Cork you should see last night would be a real, you know, really stand to them going into it. And I'm going to put my head in the line and say Mary I. Um, I think they have a really good forward line. You know, Adam Hogan in defence as well. You know, an, an All-Limerick final would be a, a good occasion. I think it's down to be on Tralee Saturday week. But, you know, not taken away from Waterford, they they're probably would be very strong and, and probably would be a, a close. I think both games would probably would be close games. But I, I'm going to go, say you will and Mary I for, for the final. Yeah, absolutely. Look, you have to call out Patrick and Park Fitzgerald for Waterford against Carlo. Look, local derby game there. Uh, two guys delivered 110 total between the two of them. Uh, and I think also Tom Barron as well, um, really kind of nullifying on Cody. I know Cody scored a goal from open play, but I thought Tom Barron had a great game. Mary I look, nine at the opening, 11 scores coming from Mary I on the day. And I mean, I think the likes of Jason Galan here, you have Devin Ryan, you have Shane O'Brien, Shane Mean. Like, I mean, there's a massive scoring threat here. I know Rory had highlighted it to us there last week here, Kieran. I did like the way how you well adjusted in the last kind of 30 minutes or 20 minutes of this uh, UCC game because UCC stifled the middle third for the first 40 minutes. But how they created the space inside for Adam English, who scored four points, and Mark Rogers won one, I thought it was key. I thought from was it the 40 to the 59th minute, from being 15 points to 12 down, they went 121 to 15 points up. Mm. I mean, it's just scoring power that University of Limerick have. And I just wonder with University of Galway here, just in terms of, look, the, the game itself here was over as a contest in the third quarter. But um, Gavin Lee, I would say Horgan, Niall Collins as well. But this is going to be a step up against University of Limerick, really. Um, to be honest, I think I would go UL. And I'm going to head my bets on Waterford. I think Waterford have a little bit of unfinished business here, uh, particularly in the semi-final. They may have felt that that was a, a Fitzgibbon Cup that went away, that the final was down in Waterford last year. Uh, but, I mean, that's going to be two exceptionally sensational cracking matches on Wednesday night. If anyone can watch it on YouTube or Clubber, then by all means do, because I think those two games, I think, might go down to the wire an extra time here. Yeah, Might even absolutely. go penalties here, Karen. I don't see much between these four teams. 
But yeah, no, it's going to be an exceptional um, end to the Fitzgibbon Cup. And I suppose next week, Karen, we can run the rule over the Allianz Hurling League. I mean, obviously they'll have a break after this weekend. We can run the rule over 1A and 1B and 2A, who's impressing, who may be getting a little bit worried. And also looking into the Fitzgibbon Cup as well, because the semi-finals will be on next week. I suppose, Karen. until next week, have a great weekend and uh, we'll chat next week. Same to you, Mark. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this podcast episode. If you liked what you heard in this podcast, why not subscribe to the Hawkeye Psychic podcast on either Amazon, Spotify, YouTube or Twitter platforms. You can also follow me at Hawkeye Psychic on Facebook and Twitter for the latest sporting opinions, articles and reports.